Hey guys, welcome to the third episode of the second season of Metamorpho with Day Shower. I'm really, really excited that, you know, we've come this far. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please go back and listen to them. There's so much fun, so much insight, so much wisdom in these conversations that we've been having. Um, today, we're going to be talking about um, divorce realities. And I have Dr. Amala Okore and I have Tosi Ayani with me. And I mean, we're going to be having this conversation around divorce Um the period before making a decision to have a divorce, the old divorce period itself, and also divorce recovery. And I'm hoping that, you know, this conversation would, you know, ease a burdened heart or help uh, help someone make better decisions or, you know, just handhold anybody that is going through this phase and give you, you know, the strength and the um, capacity you need to be able to make good decisions for yourself, make, um, decisions that bring you to a better place a healthier place and a happier place so yeah we're going to just dive right into the conversation and i'm very happy that you're here to listen to this uh, let's, let's just dive right in so um dr mala do you mind introducing yourself oh, okay um good evening my name is amala okori um i'm a doctor <laughs> like she's already said i'm a pediatrician <laughs> I practice in Lagos, Nigeria. I'm divorced. Um, I guess that's why I'm here. <laughs> and I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a mom of four beautiful children. And wow, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, living my life and um, getting better by the day and helping other women with um, the pain that I experienced. And yeah, so basically, I think that's it. Thank you so much, Dr. Mala, for you know giving us your time. I do not take it for granted at all. Thank you so much for being here. How about Tusi? Okay, um, nice to meet you, Dr. Amala. Um, okay. My name is Tusi Ayeni. I'm a lawyer. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm not practicing. I'm not a practicing lawyer. But I'm a lawyer. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a real estate consultant. Then I also, I also um, run an NGO registered here in Nigeria. It's called Hadassah Support Foundation. Uh, we provide um, all-round support to victims and survivors of domestic violence. And um, I'm a mom of two lovely kids yeah. thank you thank you so much just for being here and well done on the work you're doing with them okay so let's just thank write you. into the conversation so um basically we're going to run through the conversation in i think i want to take it from like the process of when before making going through the divorce like the decision when you got to that phase to the divorce stage and to like divorce recovery after divorce and everything so the first question i have is actually about i just want to know where you're coming from like what's your take on marriage what does marriage mean to you what values do you believe in when it comes to marriage and where are your definitions from? Let me start with Tostin. <laughs> okay. Um I've always I've I'm a family I've always been a family oriented person. Right. I am a family oriented person. Mm-hmm. And um I have always been one who 
But I was one who always looked for, was looking forward to getting married. And right. not because of anything, but because, okay, maybe at the time, I probably, really, in retrospect, I did not, it's not like I had, I knew where, I knew, like, my purpose, or assignment, what else. But I knew that marriage was is supposed to complement. It's supposed okay. to it's supposed to be a form of um, a form of help for both parties right. now. Yes, yeah, for both parties. So an individual has a purpose, has a life assignment. So marriage is supposed to help to be able to achieve that assignment quicker and faster. You know, the Bible says that one will chase a thousand and two will chase ten thousand. So right. uh, the union is supposed to do that. That that's I mean, yes, there is the place of um there's a place of um having a a um what's the word now? There's a place of having a companion. But right. I mean most most importantly is the fact that both parties are supposed to come together to fulfill that particular assignment that God has um Placed in their hands, yeah. So, so that's yeah. my of course, and from the Bible, so <laughs> right. Thank you. All right, Dr. Amala, how about you? Um, for me, yeah, my parents have been married for maybe 54 years, so yeah. um, whoop, whoop. I, I get most of my <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal right now. So I get most of my definition of how a marriage should run from what I've seen from them. So right. marriage for me is is friendship, is partnership, is loyalty, yeah. is commitment. Yeah. It's ride or die. Like mm-hmm. this is my ride or die person. It's it's when we're in this for the long haul, you know. Right. So those those are my thoughts about what a marriage should be. Mm-hmm. You're lifting me up when I'm down. I'm also doing the same for you when you're right. down. I'm back. I'm covering your shame. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, so really, those were the. It's 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 about being with someone that has similar values. Uh, you right. can't you can't really be hundred percent, but to a large extent, this person is your friend, and there's value alignment. You know, right. so, yeah, so those are the things that actually shaped um my thoughts of mm-hmm. what it should be and largely from my parents like i said earlier okay and i like the fact that like it's it's a combination of two things that you guys have said for two things it's also more about like the things that you had seen from scriptures about what marriage should be or like anybody going to marriage what marriage really is about and also the balance of um, the Tamala part, which is like the the examples you see, also kind of give give the platform or the definition for what marriage becomes for you as well. So it's like for Christians, I think it's the balance of both most times is what we've seen in the marriages that that we've experienced from maybe parents and also like what we, the knowledge of um, marriage that we come to know through scripture. Which is true. Mm. Okay, so the next question I was going to ask is about um, just basically about your um, ex-marriage now, obviously. Um, how long you were married for, and if you have kids, and um, who actually filed for divorce. 
So how long was I married for? I was married for 16 years. Wow. And then, wow. yeah, wow. pretty early. I think I was, uh, I think I married at 22. I had my first child at 23. I was in medical school then. Oh, and, wow. Uh, oh, yeah. We were married for 16 years. Um, so I have I have big kids. My eldest is nineteen. My youngest oh. is yes. Um, who filed for divorce? My ex did. My ex did. Okay. But, so my ex did, but I was <laughs> I welcomed it. I was, mm-hmm. I was yes, I was happy he did, and. Um, it was like opening a door for me, actually, a door that I wasn't brave to open myself. So, right. Yeah, so he found. Can I just quickly ask? Can I just quickly ask? Before you got the divorce from your ex-husband, had you been separated, yeah. or was it was yeah. it something you already saw coming? Well, um, okay, so. Um, even while we were married, you know, mm-hmm. there was there were constantly threats of, oh, I'll divorce you, I'll divorce you, I'll divorce you. Right. So somehow, um, I I had it at the back of my mind. You know, in in, in Nigeria we start dance. So <laughs> yeah. Right. So <laughs> by the time someone kept on saying that, I somehow knew that this thing this person is saying even scripturally is is when you keep confessing something you know confession brings possession so i kind of knew that Mm. this thing this person says even though he says it as a threat Mm. may eventually happen so um i wouldn't say i didn't see it coming when we were not separated at that time yes we're not separated when he he was working out of state he came home Yes, he came home and then maybe like two or three weeks after he returned, I saw divorce papers. So it wasn't like we were separated, no. But mm. I won't often say that I was totally stunned by it. The marriage had been difficult anyways. Okay. Okay. And well, I just want to delve in a, a little bit deeper. And I basically, the question I want to ask you was about like the day, the day you actually got the divorce papers, how exactly did you feel? Hmm. Okay, so I was at work when I got mm. it. You know, right. I was at yes, and I got a call from the belief says, "Well, right. I'm here to bring." So when he brought it, come down, mm-hmm. signed it, signed for the papers, took it, and um, I just took a picture and sent to my my um, sister, who is a lawyer, and said, "What do I do?" She said, "What do you want to do?" You know, so I was I was I was numbed. I was shocked, but I think because over the time, over the years, there was a lot of abuse, and you know, part of part of surviving an abusive situation is kind of building a thick skin to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think already I was already numb to a lot of emotions. So. Mm-hmm. I, I actually just continued working. I worked till the end of my shift, and nobody. I kept on coming to work, so it wasn't like anything. That, yeah, I could go home and cry my eyes out, but mm-hmm. I just kept on, you know, like nothing happened. So right. I think men already numbed before the thing came. So mm-hmm. you, 
Yeah, so I think I can't even explain what I felt actually. But one thing I know it was I was I was numbed. I was just moving like like a zombie, that kind of thing, you know. Right. Because I had right. built shell around myself. Right. Okay. We'll come we'll come we'll come back into I'm sure we'll still get into the conversation later. But Tosin, how about you? Like who the same question. Um how long were you married for? Did you have kids? Well we already know that you had kids. You already told us you're a boy. And then who filed for divorce. Okay. Um we were married for seven years. Okay. But I had I had already left the marriage um, at the second year. When you say left, year, so physically or mentally? No, 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 physically. Okay. <laughs> physically, I had left at the second year. A few okay. days after our second second wedding anniversary, actually. And okay. um, we were the whole well at the time my living was supposed to be temporary. It was okay. supposed to be okay. Let's leave. Let's see if we can get some help, you know, and all of that. But then, it, the separation period extended. It elongated okay. um, due to he was abusive. So even with okay. separation, he was still um, emotionally and verbally abusive. Not physically because of the separation, but emotionally okay. and verbally abusive. Yeah, so. It, it ex- the the separation period extended over a period of three years, mm-hmm. and there, there was a lot of back and forth, back and forth in um, words, not like mm-hmm. back and forth physically, but in words. And then somehow in um in the uh, in, after the third year, he right. he came and you know said came to apologize, you know that we should get back, um. He wasn't uh, during the separation period. He wasn't being responsible to, for the children. Then all of a sudden, he, he became, you know, started, you know, showing up. And I'm like, okay, maybe he has changed. And so we reconciled after three years. But <laughs> the reconciliation did not last. It didn't, at the eighth month, it was like, in fact, from the fourth month, it was like we were already back to step status quo. And the okay. abuse kind of even tripled. It tripled, and and I I just made up my mind that this is it. Um, obviously, this person cannot change. Then I have stumbled on some articles that now really, um, really um, affirmed my decision, and mm-hmm. I decided I was going to take a walk. And this time around, it was going to be fine now. And I did take a walk at the eighth month on the eighth month. And, and so I took a walk since February 2000 and, um, 2019, February 2019. So that, would be, that would be three three years, eight months, or two years, eight months then? Three years, three years, eight months. Okay. Three, three years. years, eight months. So, right. so I took a walk again, February 2019. By right. July 2019, I got served. <laughs> I got served. Now, just like um, Doctor Amala said, you know, there's been a, there, even even while we were together, there was a lot of um, threats. Divorce, I would divorce you. Uh, I mean, which is the normal occurrence from an yeah. abusive person. The threats, the manipulative view of getting you, 
you know, because they know that you are family oriented, they know that your 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 folks have been together for years, they've never they've not divorced, there's no divorce in your family. So the thought of divorce alone will scare you. So they exactly. use it as a manipulation tactics. So all of that had even gone on in the marriage. So when the divorce came, because I had read about a lot about abusive people, I know that it's very hard. As a matter of fact, abusers don't file for divorces. They don't because they still want to. They still want to hold um, ownership of their prey, of their victim. So they don't file. In cases where they file, they do it <laughs> as a form of threat. As a, as a form of um, manipulation to get you to maybe beg or just to get you on your toes, put you on your toes. But something happened a day before, a day before that day, I got the, the divorce papers. I mm. was I was praying and I told God that thing because my folks were not as like, they are, they are the churchy people, <laughs> they are the churchy type. And they're like, I shouldn't be the one to file. He, he, I should wait for him to file. And I'm like, if I knowing him, I know that he would not file. He would want to hold on to me as as my property, you know. And I'm like, so I just prayed to God that day, and I told God that, see, I don't know how you're going to do it, though, but you see this divorce. Even though, yes, I understand my folks are coming from. I want to consider that, but I'm also letting you're also seeing what's happening. Let him be the one to do the filing. And the next day, it was as if I don't know, it was so fast. That was so fast. <laughs> I just got, you know, um, I just uh, I got a call that, that someone was at the gate with looking for me. And by the time I got out, I saw the met the bailiff, and she told me to sign for the papers. Hmm. How did I feel? I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was happy that it was happening. I mean, this is like five years back and forth. By five years back and forth, I was happy that it was happening and it was coming from him. I saw, I'm a lawyer, so I saw the, the, the petition and I knew this petition would not even fly in court. It was number one, it was frivolous. The grounds were not, they were, they were not legal grounds. They are not grounds that that um, a judge will look at and say, okay, I'm giving, granting this divorce. But I, the, so that made me understand that he didn't, he, it's not if he wanted to file the divorce. He wanted to get me to a point of, or get me and my family to a point of, oh, okay, let's try to see if we can reconcile, you know, divorce, ah, no, divorce, so we can't divorce and all of that. What I mean, I, the way they say, I grabbed my sob. I grabbed it with all of me, and when I was responding, I had you evidences. Just to just to quickly chip in something. So I I realized that um the two of you from your st brief story that you it's basically as if you 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 knew that you were going to get divorced somehow, consciously or subconsciously, right? Mm -hmm. But there was something, it seemed like there was something that held you back from doing it first. And I want to yeah. actually speak on that place, that point, because I realized that there are people where they know that it's almost that divorce is going to be anyways, 
but it's like mm. there's still a part maybe there's a part of you that's still thinking okay maybe i should slow it down would you say that there was also personal stuff you were dealing with this question is for both of you actually there were personal stuff you were dealing with maybe also dealing with your own insecurities or the fact that if you fail you will not be able to see did all of those realities kind of stop you or what was the reason why you didn't do the filing and why it was almost as if why it was almost as if you waited to get it because yeah we're saying that you were happy both of you kind of said that okay you knew it was coming or okay you were happy you got it. but okay if you knew why what what stopped you from filing first let me start with dr mula Oh, okay. Um, so nobody gets married looking forward to a divorce. And right. then, yeah, nobody does that. So even when you see it coming, mm-hmm. right. you somehow still hold on to hope that right. there's nothing God cannot do. Right. That's one. Then the societal expectations, the... For us, both of us were we were believers. My ex was actually pastoring a parish of it of our church. So wow. it's also the societal expectations and the fact that yes, and the fact that when you were getting into this marriage, you convinced everybody that ah, this is the will of God for me. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly many years later you come back and start saying something else. Mm-hmm. So it, it holding on to hope right. and you will be saying there are children involved and mm-hmm. you know the things in, um, that have been um, put out about children raised in single parent mm-hmm. homes or, or right. um, absent mm-hmm. fathers and mm-hmm. then you're thinking and you're asking yourself that ah, do I want my children to be a part of this statistic meanwhile you don't also know that raising your children in a toxic environment yeah, also exactly. yeah yeah that kind of statistic that you don't also want them to be in you know so right. for me really that was it hope the children societal expectations mm-hmm. and then built a, a, a career that i was also thinking of oh, how are people going to take this in my workplace? How are people going to view me? Are they going to perceive me differently or that kind of thing? So yeah, so you're just holding on to a lot of things, you know, right. even though say that in my own case, so when after he filed, mm-hmm. because of the, the courts threw it out in Abuja, so I now mm-hmm. filed in Lagos. So him taking the first step kind of um, took away that that um all that shame and all that everything mm. so by the time yeah. he threw it out of abuja that there was no jurisdiction that he should file mm. where his family is he now did the filing in lagos because right. by then so that we're already on the ground so you're already, you're already on the ground there's no need to fear anything. <laughs> there's no need to protect anything you know let's finish the matter you know right. so that that was it for me so you see it's coming, but you still hope against hope. Because, right. I mean, if you're honest to yourself, you would have also been praying that mm-hmm. something be years of prayer. So you're hopeful that your prayers will be answered. But like uh, Tosin said, you can't change an adult. Too. You yeah, can't. Okay. So 
Can and I really like I really like the things you touched on, um, Dr. Mala, because I realized that many people um that point where that decision point is usually a very tough place to be in. And and even aside um from like the the social things, the you know, all of the expectations and all of those things you said, there's also even personality about people that are not quite assertive than the other person and being able to take the decision you get. So like it's yeah. it's a lot of stuff coming together. And that's the reason why there are people that actually stay at that point for 16 years, 18 years. Like they literally mm. have checked out. But it's just yeah. that there's nobody bold enough to drop the divorce letter and be like, okay, let's mm. let's face it. We are done here. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many, and it's so sad because there are so many marriages like that, especially in African countries, where they've checked out. They've literally like it's like they're spiritual divorced. <laughs> but because <laughs> 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 they're not on paper, but they're out. They are not like you. You meet you meet people that are married and they're saying that like they are not. They've not been intimate for. T- Three years, seven years. They literally don't have conversations in the house. Everybody just does their stuff, you know. So it's that point is really, really, really very. It's such a critical place, and I like that we've spoken about it because I realize that many people get stuck. And I'm hoping that somebody that is listening today would be able to, you know, realize that not be only you come, not be only you are come. Like no. <laughs> people, people have, people have done it. I am not, I'm not, this is not, we're not, we're not here to encourage divorce. That's not the point of this conversation. Yeah. But the yeah. point of the conversation is you need to, you are being, I'm hoping that, you know, people that are also listening and people that are spiritually inclined, be in tune with whatever it is, whatever direction that God is leading you to, be sure of your decisions and everything. And if you have to look for extra support, you can look for it. Yes. Okay, so for me, um, I had, you know, I told you we had that three-year separation. I had yeah. during the three-year separation. Mm-hmm. But by the time we were separating the second time, I no, I was done. The only thing that was holding me from not finding it was, right. was um, the finances. And maybe I was also trying to just this consider my soul. I'm going to talk about this thing you mm-hmm. talked yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the finances, and then I was also trying to consider my folks. And even though I had made up my mind that if he doesn't file, I would just wait, wait it out two years. And then, I mean, that's that's what the the law provides for. I'll just wait it out two years, and after two years, I'll file on the grounds of um, the fact that we've been separated for so 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 number of years, and without even mentioning the abuse. That was my plan. So, and Mm -hmm. how did I get to that point? This point. It came from a place of, okay, now I had understood that this marriage, I would say it was a mistake, but mm-hmm. there was a purpose for it. I yeah. I had my, I made my mistakes in in choosing. I was not, I was not, um, I was not so, I don't know what so spiritually in tune at the time I was getting married, really. Okay. The, okay. Yeah, looking back. But yeah, I mean it happened. The mistake happened, but of course, right. you know God always makes all these things turn out for our good. And he, I had some time out with God, and He made me understand. He, yes, this has happened, but I'm going to bring out something. Going to bring out right. something really good out of it. And mm-hmm. um, um, 
you've made your mistakes, but it doesn't mean that your future is, you know, if as a matter of fact, you are still going to get married, and you're going to get mm-hmm. married to someone, at this time around, you're going to do it better, much better, of course, right. with better mm-hmm. directions and all of that. So, um, that was what actually now really cemented the fact, okay, let's just do this. Let's mm-hmm. get over with. Yeah, so even if he had, even if he didn't file, I would have still filed. Maybe not at okay. the time, but I would have filed and I want that that part you talked about about finances. I realized that that thing that you said, that thing that you said, there are many African marriages on that thing. That thing. And you know, I remember there was a time that I was having a conversation with a friend as regards this particular thing about you know finances and everything. And I, I don't know, but I want I want to hear from both of you. I, f- I feel like. Many times people say that finance was like the reason why they couldn't really leave. And there's also the um, other side where people feel like, I beg, many people know they talk say is finance is finance. You yourself, there's something you are still enjoying, like especially maybe people that are married to mm-hmm. people that are that were maybe really wealthy or whatever. That mm. many people always they talk is not because of child, not because of aunties, because you yourself you didn't want to face the shame. You were living one past class standard. And you did not want to come down from the standard, you know. Mm-hmm. So there are two sides to. I've heard two sides to this conversation. I think that kids are legit. Some people may not yeah. want to, and I completely understand mm-hmm. people on that level because I feel like it's it's more complex when it comes to like you know you having um kids involved is more complex than if it's just you and you can carry your leg and your bag mm-hmm. and just walk back. But you know mm-hmm. when there's when there's the complexity of kids mm-hmm. and everything, it's a different ball game. And I like that both of you are actually coming from that part, so that you know you'll be able to still shed more light on that. But for pe- people that are you're a single girl, you got married to somebody, maybe you're you're in a very um um abusive um, marriage, whatever whatever you is filled with infidelity, all of those things, based, all the reasons why different people get a divorce, and. You are telling yourself that the reason why you're staying is really because of finances. And sometimes I'm like, if you're you back, my sister, it's not really because of finances. Mm. It's just that it's like you have a juku for a small. Because if you are able to, if before you got married to this person, you were living, there was mm. you you weren't dying. Do you understand what I mean, Toto? Like, so I feel like mm-hmm. people are saying that it's financing. It's also, you people, people also have to look in the mirror and be truthful to themselves. That sometimes it's not just because you feel like, oh, when you leave that person, you are going to, your life is going to end because there's no more money that you can spend on earth. It is also because you are, you have not trained yourself enough to be able to believe that you can live without somebody yeah. funding you. Do you understand? And mm-hmm. I think that it also goes back to a sense of identity. When you understand that you are not, it's not anybody's money that is feeding you. I don't think that that um, that reason of finances is a big deal. Please put in consideration that I said that I'm not putting people with kids in this context. I think that that's a very different context and it's really complex. But I'm talking about a basic, simple day that was living a life before she got married. You got married. Why would you say that it is finances that holding you back? Can you shed more light on that? Okay, let me let me just okay. So, so the dynamics of an abusive marriage or mm-hmm. relationship 
Yeah. So when, when I'm a single person, I'm working, I'm doing fine. I yeah. get married to um, this guy. Of course, while we were dating, I mean, probably did not see signs that he was abusive, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. We got married. And then the first thing, the very first thing that an abusive person would do, who wants to have control of his victim, mm-hmm. would be to strip you of your financial independence. Okay. Sure. Now, the, the idea is because if if you are dependent on him financially, it becomes it's more difficult for you to leave when he starts right. maltreating you. Exactly. You mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so they do it in different ways. So some people will tell you outright, "I want you to stop working." Mm-hmm. In my case, and it depends on the using abusers. They have their they come in different spectrums. So mm-hmm. it depends on the spectrum of the abuser. So in my case, mine was a bit manipulative. He didn't tell me outright I wanted to stop working. Right. He said, he said um, okay, so I'm thinking, this is after like months of my I'm thinking we should um, have like a family business. Okay, it's not like I was working, doing a nine to five. I was mm-hmm. running my own business. And it was doing mm-hmm. fine. It was doing very mm-hmm. fine at the time. Yeah. So he comes and says, um, this business, yeah, you already pregnant, getting heavy, I think we should, um, you should slow down a bit on the business and then let's try and do something that is for the family, you know, mm-hmm. something family inclined, something yeah. that um, when we can grow, work on it together and grow and pass it on to our children that came from. Very manipulative. Mm-hmm. And God knows, at the time, I saw a lot of sense because I'm a family-oriented person. So I saw a lot right. of sense in it and I'm like, oh, okay, great, that's fine. No problem. So we came together and we were discussing as we had meetings, like we were really having we would go to work, come back, we'll have like normal I think we're having like a board meeting, we'll have meetings, discuss on businesses that we can do, family businesses that we can do. We eventually settled for something, having an after school home. Do you know that I'm still till I left that marriage, that after school home never materialized. <laughs> of course. <laughs> It never materialized. You know, we were we were making plans though. All of a sudden, in the middle of it, right. oh my god, it mm-hmm. never materialized. I said, you know what? I'm not interested in this our business again because obviously, um, I mean, even in front of our maid, nanny, you strip me down, you you know, do all kinds of things. What? How? Why will you not treat me in front of staff? So please, I'm not interested. Let me be doing my own mm-hmm. business, JJ. You be doing your own, you know. So right. all of that, you can last already like wasted months. Or my business, I was supposed to have gone like made made headway headway already. Was already mm-hmm. as in stock somewhere. I was already financially handicapped. You know, at that mm-hmm. point, at that point, was I wasn't working on my own stuff again. I was already financially dependent on him. You know, so that's the first thing that they do. They strip you of your financial independence so that you can't. Start depending on them. Then, as soon right. as they do that, then every other thing falls into place. They start, um, they, they restrict you from friends and family. Uh, you know, just pull out all of your support system, pull out all of your forms of support, mm-hmm. and they now inflict abuse full blown on you. So, then now it's a process. So, when you hear an, a victim say, Oh, I don't have this, yes, it can be 
it can be a reason. It can be a reason. It's not enough reason. It can be a reason. But um, uh, yeah, it's, as a matter of fact, it's, it's a very, very cogent reason because apart from right. the fact that you are not financially stable, you are not financially capable, you mm-hmm. have also been stripped of your mental... Um, your mental, your willpower, your so you yes. don't even have the willpower to do anything, yes, as in, to do any form of business, to do to even start a to start doing a job. You don't have the willpower for anything, mm-hmm. as in you are stripped down. So, so the willpower, the real lack of willpower, is what has so caused people to say, "Oh, I'm financially unstable." Uh, this thing you are saying, I feel like it's mm-hmm. more exactly. It's it's actually the mind than it is mm. physical presence or financial. Yes, support. yes. It yes. is more about how you see yourself, how they made you see yes. yourself. Do you understand? Exactly. To the point that you feel like I can't stand on my own anymore mm-hmm. without this person mm-hmm. being my financial supporter. And that's where yeah. that's where that's exactly I love where you, how you hit it. That's exactly where the point problem is because I realize that people who have not allowed that stripping of that their mind that their core is still mm-hmm. is, is still same mm-hmm. are able to make yeah. decisions even when they don't have a dime. They are yeah. able to live, but yeah. when you are when your mind when that core has been stripped, that's when you can't you can't fathom the possibility of you standing yeah. alone. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy mm-hmm. that you actually talked about that, Dr. Mala. Do you want to add to that? Okay. So yes. Um. In fact, today I was just sharing with. Uh, I was just telling my bestie today that I've been overwhelmed in the past few days. I. I women reach out to me a lot because of the things right. I write. You know. Mm-hmm. So I was just saying I've been overwhelmed in the past few days because for all the women I've spoken to. Mm-hmm. The underlying constraints they all have is financial empowerment. It's 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 right. a deciding, factor, especially when you have when you have children, right. and you know is that the abuser cripples you financially, so you mm-hmm. can't even make a decision if you yourself are not sure that on mm-hmm. your own you can stand. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In my own case, um, I think one of the things that helps me is because of the profession I'm in. So it kind of, it's not very easy to say a doctor should sit at home. It's it's Mm. not very easy. But I I know that at some point, by the time all the threats were coming, and Mm. I had to sit down and strategize. So part of my strategy session was going back to go and become a specialist because I had looked okay. into the future and I had seen that this thing, may this divorce may actually happen. And I asked myself, if it happens, can I take care of my children? Because right. already financial abuse is withholding funds from mm-hmm. you, even mm-hmm. within the marriage. So you have to beg and beg mm-hmm. for every dime mm-hmm. you get. Yeah this person you have to beg and beg and beg so i knew that if i was going to leave the marriage nothing will come from that end so i mm-hmm. to make that so you have to be able to stand my own feet. so you know i was mm-hmm. just telling today that we need to sound 
keep on talking about females being empowered. Like we need mm-hmm. to be talking about it and talking and talking about it. Because you can't, I mean, so I'm speaking to a woman who is obviously in an abusive situation, but she has four children and she's not working. Yeah. How do you get her out mm-hmm. of kind of knowing that if you do that, if you do that, how is she going to take out? And you know, the legal system doesn't even really support you. For instance, I'm supposed right. to be getting yeah. not, but I'm not it. And <laughs> I you understand so um so it's a whole lot it's a whole first of all even filing for the divorce itself not many take less than five thousand naira from you Mm -hmm. not many lawyers except you go to all these um maybe FIDA or all those um, human rights lawyers. Most lawyers yeah. will not take more than 500,000 from you. Yeah. Where are you going to get that money from? Exactly. The financial part is a big deal. It's a big deal. I'm not even sure it's about you not wanting to step down because um, most women will be willing to step down and have their sanity back. But this is not yeah. just stepping down. It's stepping down into nothing because into most nothing, of exactly into nothing, anything to fall back on. Because mm. the abuser makes sure you don't grow. Something your growth is part of is part of their control. It's part of mm-hmm. strengthening control. When they strengthen, they strengthen yeah, yeah. your that's why when you even make attempts to grow within mm-hmm. the within marriage, it's met with a lot of resistance, with a lot Frustration. of with a lot mm. of frustration. I know that when I was doing my residency, in fact you know, one of the things that people ask me is, how were you able to go back and do your specialist training in that toxicity? And I said, I had numbed myself. I had told myself that this thing was a do or die affair. I needed to yeah. get this education, you know. So yeah. it's a whole lot. But for most women, if you don't have that mental strength and resilience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. at some point you have to, the lion in you has to rise up and say, look, mm-hmm. I have to find a way right. out of it. Yes, mm-hmm. and if your has been so broken, such that right. that line in you cannot rise up, you're totally on the floor. Nothing can be done mm-hmm. for you. So exactly. it's a combination of a lot of things. It's yeah. a combination of a lot of things, and you know, it's yeah. tough. It's pretty and tough. From what I'm hearing you say, Doctor Mala, it's almost as if it's like it's two-sided. It's like it's the mental part of it, and if you, that part is gone, if that part is true, and also the reality of finance for real, for real. The ones that yes. have not necessarily been financially liberated. So there are some mm-hmm. some of there are some women that will be on the table of just it's just the mental part. It's not as if they are not working. There are some people that are working. They are earning great. They have good jobs. Yes, but they've been stripped of that part, that mind. Yes, part. exactly. And there are some people that are at the real financial issues where if they leave, no shinbai, there's nothing they can fall back to. And there are some mm-hmm. people that are in two together. Is the two have been destroyed, they massacred it. Mm-hmm. As in everything is gone. Ah, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, we go to the next question. Um, did you share the decision with anyone prior to filing um legally? Since none of you filed anyway. The question will be when you got the divorce papers. What, what did you do? Did you speak with pastors, family, and what was the experience like the the reality and sharing the reality with these people were there mm-hmm. were there consultations was there support you know in African setting now we know how it is 
was this judgment? You know, what exactly did you need on when you go to that place? Let me start with Dr. Mola. Okay, for me, um, when I got the divorce papers, the first thing I did was to send to my sister-in-law, my brother's wife. She's a lawyer. And so she asked me, she said, what do you want to do? And I told her I was tired because really, um, like we've been talking about, I had checked out mentally. In fact, so I jokingly say I was probably mentally divorced like five years or six years before. <laughs> so right. just a fulfillment of uh, my mental state already. So, um, so by the time it came, I was numb, but I was ready. So, um, yeah, so I spoke to my, I spoke to her then, before I spoke to my dad and said, this is what it is. And you know, my dad actually made effort to try and reach out to his people and say, oh, I mean, we're Igbo people, we don't divorce women like this. There has yeah. to be some consultations first and all that. And, um, you know, his response wasn't, very good but and I, I, I reached out to the church now for the mm -hmm. church I was I was reaching out to them but I was kind of reaching out to them with some kind of inner resistance because all throughout the time that the marriage was ailing I mm -hmm. kept reaching out to them to say this is what is happening and I was just told you need to submit you need to pray you need to do this more. Um, even though I was reaching out to them I wasn't mm -hmm. ready to hear all that uh, you need to pray, you need to submit. I wasn't ready to hear it anymore. So right. I had come to the point where if they were not going to do anything constructive, right. then everybody should stay on their lane. You mm -hmm. know, so, and of course, by the time they came in and they were not ready to say anything constructive other than, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. I said, no way, I'm not doing I'm not doing, and um, I had amazing support from my family and mm -hmm. my friends, my colleagues at work, as in, like, the support was amazing. Like, my father, my parents stood behind me, like, beam. my siblings, everybody was like, this is enough, because they had seen over the years that I had made effort, I had, mm -hmm. I had effort. They know me, they know my personality, and they know that this person on her own is not a troublesome person. So everybody stood So really, um, that helped with the mm -hmm. transition. And I realized that um, every day when I think about that stage, I'm so grateful because right. I realized that a lot of women don't have that kind of support. Like That's the support cool. was... Yeah. Find house like let's raise the money like school. What is the problem now? Is school. we're raising the money, you know? So I mean, the transition was was not so bad because right. had a lot of support. So I I think we should you know all of us should also support women that are in that in that mm -hmm. phase, especially the family, because this person really has no place to run to. First of all, you run to your family. You know, so yeah. family mm -hmm. stop that realization uh, or saying we don't divorce mm -hmm. here. You know, mm -hmm. they should stop all that and, you know, support the person through that phase. That support made so much difference for me. 
yeah. really help. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about something that I don't want us to just gloss by, which is, you know, the role of um, spiritual, spiritual people, your pastors, your church, and all of that. And, you know, I've, I've heard quite some about, you know, experiences where the church, we understand that divorce is not, <laughs> it's not something that, oh, the church should just open up their arms and be like, oh, yes, everybody, let's start divorce. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like there, <laughs> how do I put this? I feel like there's a role to play. It's the same way when we talk about church and sinners. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it's, the same, it's the same engagement that you have is a reflection of your understanding of Christ. Because if you understand Christ enough, you understand that before the sin comes the love. Like, give the love first. Mm-hmm. But I realize mm-hmm. it's almost as if it's, it's so difficult for, for our churches to see beyond the law, the rules, the deeds. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. what, what do you think, what do you really, like from your own experience, what would you have wished or what would you have wanted from the church? that you didn't get? Like if you were to, you know, speak with a pastor or something, what would you have desired from your church that you didn't get? Okay. Um, sorry, was that question for me? Yes, for Dr. Malan, continue with Okay. Um, if, I, if I actually pour out my heart as to the will of the church towards this, I struggled for a long time to right. forgive my sins. I'm telling right. you, I really had to pray about the resentment I felt towards them and towards, mm. the, way, towards the way that matter was handled. I don't right. think, but with all sense of honor and respect for the church, I don't think pastors have any business with marriage counseling. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm saying that I'm a very spiritual person who forgets. But you see this matter, I'm carrying it like on my head. They yeah, have no right. They have no, no, no business. Right. <laughs> trained counselors, except for churches. The church I now attend has trained marriage counselors. So that's a right. different together. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. have trained counselors. If it's all the wife submit, the husband love. No. Mm-hmm. My I will go and cry to these people. Nobody addressed the issues. Nobody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the issue addressed. You will just be hanging the Bible over my head. The Bible is a manual for our daily living. But right. I mean, the guide. But you still, it is still, you still don't um, use the Bible and be waving it over somebody's head when there are real character issues to be dealt with. And you don't, mm-hmm. you don't. Somebody is crying to you every time, and you just be telling me submit, kneel down and beg him, kneel down and beg him. I kept on kneeling. Mm-hmm. On kneeling. <laughs> again, I'm not kneeling again. What is all this? And that's simply because issues were not addressed. Yeah. So, you know, so it was actually when I went to counsel with another pastor. The pastor counseled and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And then he said to me, He said, God hates divorce, but he loves the divorcee. Right. And he prayed with me and I left. I thought about that thing for such a long time. I began to ask myself, what do this pastor is somebody that is very family oriented. He talks a lot about family building families. For him to tell me that God loves the divorcee and hates divorce, what did I tell him that made him 
say that kind of mm. thing. That was the first time I started thinking that it's like this this thing is bad though. Because you know sometimes when you're being abused, you don't know how bad it is until people look in, especially when you're not yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you begin to see it as a normal behavior. That was when I said saying that must really be bad. But then till today I honor that pastor because he was the first person that actually made me see what it was. He was the first person that made me see what I said. I think the church should do more for you know for about this kind of thing. If if there are marital issues, let a trained professional marriage counselor and the principles that guide marriage are not just biblical principles. That is why people who don't go to church yeah. marriage. Yeah. 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 Principles. You know, so it's it's not about whether it's a well being a Christian counselor can help more, but let it be somebody who is professionally trained to handle mm. this. Yes, not just all this sitting uh, in pastor's office, your husband, love your wife. No, you should do better. So yeah, so that's it really for me. The the church should allow professional counselors and then they should also provide more support to people that life has happened to. You know, yeah. I Yes, one of the one of the strong support systems I have is that my church has something for single parents and divorcees. We have a support group, you know, so it's it's been a lot of help on my journey. So we meet, we pray together, we get experiences. You know. So I think the church can actually do more than just allowing you to just be on your own because life happens to life can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. So that's it for yeah. Okay. How about Totwick? In my own case, just, well, just like um, Dr. Amala, I I got a lot of um, the, the support I got from friends and family was massive, and and that was because of course they knew they knew the kind of person I was or I am rather. They know that, and my friends will say, Tosin, anybody that cannot live with you, the person has a problem. And they are so peaceful. So anybody that cannot live with you, ah, then there's something wrong. In fact, there was no case of what happened, what did you do? Nobody asked, what did you do? What did you do? As in how? So I got, I had a lot of support. So when the divorce came, it was, we were all, everybody was happy. A lot of drama had happened. A lot, I cannot begin to, I cannot begin to start narrating what a lot of drama happened within the five years. A lot of insults to my parents, you know, a lot of drama happened. So by the time it came, it was like, finally, let's just um, get this over with and done with, you know. And uh, for the church, the church had even already hands off on our matter because, <laughs> because they had... Because my ex-husband had already had been, had smeared all kinds of yama yama, <laughs> yama, yama on the church already, so they had hands off our matter completely. Yes, they were trying to intervene the same way, submiss- be submissive and all of that. But when it got to a point where it was, you know, um, the, my church, uh, well, the, um, Shawa already Shawa knows the church that, that we were going to. My church wasn't able to handle the matter anymore. So we had to bring in some other pastors. <laughs> some other pastors. And those other pastors, unfortunately for my ex, those other pastors were 
not saying things in line with submit. You know, they were telling him hard truth. And right. he was I love you it. You know, he was he was um he was fighting back, let me say. So <laughs> they had hands they had hands off our matter already. So it was like a case of this case, this matter is already like dead. <laughs> this matter is dead. So when some even if many few of them heard about the about the divorce, they were they were glad that it was finally happening. At least you get it over with, and, you get it over and done. And one thing that Domila actually was saying when she said something about the fact that she doesn't think that pastors should, you know, be giving counsel. I, I I don't know if I really really think that that's really the issue. I I think I feel like there are pastors like Tosin is saying that there are some pastors that could give our truth. I think that it's because there are many pastors that have not they've not taking time to deal with their own just subconscious mm. conditionings. The things mm. that, you know, they, yeah. they, 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 they are fixated on what they want to see. So even when the girl is saying, and he's there, oh, we are you on let me laugh. Sorry for people that know you. Mm. <laughs> but even when they are, you are literally describing the most most helpful part, most time for people on the other side, where they are like, I'm describing. Are you not listening to me? But because there's this, there's this condition already of what they want, they want to see marriage work. So that's the only thing. Mm. Because because it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's the law of image, imagery. What you see, the only thing they are seeing is that in this marriage there, it must work. It so must even, work. Even if they are dripping with blood, mm. if they are dripping with blood, like. They are not willing to see any other side. So when you are talking, it's like you are talking one one who is entering one side, is entering the other, is going out the other way. So I don't think the problem is about mm, pastors in, in, in a yeah, in, in some cases that may be the case. In some other cases, the pastors are actually clueless. I think they are clueless. They don't know how to handle it. So the 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 the, 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 um, the only the the most the simplest way. To handle it, to just say you people should just you know submit, submit, submit. Right. That they they are they are clueless. They are completely clueless but on how to handle it. So the simplest way. I realize that they are not quite clueless if it comes home, if it is their own child. Oh, they are, they are not quite clueless. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be strange, but yeah, they are not quite clueless if it is our child. That's, that's true. They will. Let's let's hit the nail on the head. Let's hit it on the head. It's easy for you know. It's easy for you to claim that you are you are mm, clueless mm. about the situation. But mm, are you really clueless? Are you really that's clueless? That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. Let's just leave them. Let's leave. Let's leave them with the question. Let them answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you anyways, how would you break the news to your kids? Um as in when they private in the um the situation already or did you have to have like a formal discussion, you know, how did you carry the kids alone as regards to your business? Um totally. Okay, well, my kids are still very young, tender, um seven and five. Uh, but I think they, 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 they knew, especially at the, the second time I went back, they were quite matured already. So they saw some things that were happening. They knew what was happening. 
Yes, and they knew that there was a lot of um, abuse, fight, toxicity. They knew. So by the time when we were living, um, living because we were in Ibadan, when we were living in Ibadan, coming to Lagos, you know, mm. I had a talk with them on the way that okay, this is what's happening. You know that mommy and daddy, you know that. I don't say you know that mommy and daddy used to fight. You know that daddy used to beat mommy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, no, so that they can get the picture. So, um, and it's not good because anything can happen. Yes, and so we need to give ourselves some space for now. Yes, and just in simple, simple things for them to understand. They still do not understand it now, but they know that, okay, daddy and mommy are not together. I know my, my daughter, she's She's um, five, she's going to be six in, in July. She just says things that she, when am I going to have a new daddy? When is she going to have a new So she knows that that chapter is closed. She, she knows somewhere that the chapter is closed. Yeah, she knows. I think, I believe she does. <laughs> so she just you know, she asks questions like, when am I going to get a new daddy? When are you going to start? When are you going to have a man friend? You know, questions like that. <laughs> Funny questions like that. My son, on the other hand, he was more closer. He was closer to his dad. So even though he, he understands, you know, he just comes sometimes and says, oh, I miss daddy. I miss mm. daddy. Unfortunately, daddy does not call. So I don't know. And mm. I will, uh, yeah, daddy has bad our number from calling him. So I will not speak my another yes. phone. I'll be calling and facing up and down. If he wants to talk to you, no. he knows my number. He will call. So, so when it understands you, when it comes with that question about daddy, what role do you play? Do you do you do you be honest with us now? Do you try literally just describe what's going on, or do you feel like sometimes your description is still laced with some bitterness? No, 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 no. I no. He knows. Like, he knows. He knows how far. So what I just tell him: Don't worry. When your daddy wants to call. When he wants to talk right. to you, when he wants to see you, he will come. He will come. He will call when he wants to mm-hmm. do that. Let's just give it you? some time. That's all. No, okay. Not, uh, it's not never, never, less is bitterness. No, no, no. No. Okay. okay. The reason why I asked that question was because I think mm. I remember one time I had heard, um, was this Sarah Jakes I was talking about maybe, it was maybe a post a long time ago. And she was talking about maybe I think when she went through her own divorce and when um, maybe her son or daughter will come and ask about the father and, you know, taking that room where you are mm. able to de-escalate, even if the person is the worst of the worst human being, mm. just be able to de-escalate it in a way that you, you describe mm. it like, okay, the person doesn't have the capacity at this moment to show mm. you the you know, whatever yeah. that you want, but hopefully along the way, like basically yeah. she'll just getting to a place of healing enough to be able mm-hmm. to not feel seeds of um of yeah, whatever you know, hatred or whatever. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Because the truth of the matter mm-hmm. if they when they grow up, they will still want to find out by themselves. No matter how much yeah. seeds of hatred mm-hmm. or seeds or whatever, they will still yeah. want to find out themselves. So. Yeah. How about Dr. Mala? Okay. Um for me really my kids were older, so um, my first two children were older, so they already saw what that was going on. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't difficult with them. You know, it was just I just um, I just told them, and they were like, "Okay, that's fine. So what are we doing? What what next?" 
I'm like, okay, we have to help. Yeah, so it was it was really with the younger one that um, they did um, challenging. So, but they still go to see their father anyway. Um, okay. Yes, they still go to see their dad. And um, um, other than that, they know that you know that we're not coming together again. Okay. And I've, I've healed, so I don't, I don't actually speak about their father in a bitter way. But like, like Tosin said, as these children grow, they want to find out the truth for themselves. So mm. as the younger okay. ones are growing as well, they are seeing. So right. I, I tell people there's no need to run down mm-hmm. the other because the action speak. So there's no need for you to run down that person because that same thing that made you run away from that person, that character mm-hmm. trait will still show yeah, up. It is, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so if they say that, oh, I want to go see my, my, my father, I let them go because um, let them make that decision for themselves. Right. And when they say something, you know that they are beginning to see what I saw. So, um, so I don't think there's any need to run down the other person. The person will show themselves. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, my next question is, um, did you have any struggle with disclosure to like friends or acquaintances? Did you have any, maybe any particular experience you can remember where Maybe somebody just wanted to snoop or somebody genuinely was concerned and came to ask you, especially at the early phase where, you know, maybe you were not very willing to share or talk. How did you just, um, you know, handle that season where people are trying to find out about your marital situation? Let me start with Pussy. Mm-hmm. Okay, at the beginning, uh, I just give them... Of course, I you would know the ones that just want to come and hear stories. Mm-hmm. I just tell them when we are working it out. We just we are working. That was at the beginning. We are working it out. But then, along the line, I I um I began to realize that the experience was very purpose. So I became more vocal about it on the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for the purpose of running him down now, but just to get people to also learn to right. uh, yeah and all of that. So I mean, it's it's not it's, it's on the media. So I mean, nobody can come and ask me anything. It's there. You can go and read. Right. Can go and read but at the beginning, but at the beginning, mm-hmm. once I uh, you would know the ones who are coming to just want to get information, and I just said, well, it's fine. We're working it out. You are working it out. You are working it out. That's that's all. That's all. Uh, there were people who mm-hmm. truly, really wanted to know mm-hmm. what was happening. They were just close friends, close, very close friends, very close friends. The people who, of course, wanted the youth were, you know, acquaintances. And that's what I just told them. They are working it out. Nothing with Yamo. They are working it out. That's all. <laughs> okay. How about Doctor? Well, okay. So for me, at the beginning, well, I I don't have uh, too many Takafu friends. So the ones that are <laughs> the ones that are close, um, I was able to tell them this is what. So some of them already knew anyway. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I personally don't have a lot of time for storytelling. So if I don't think <laughs> you're in my inner circle, if I don't think I owe you an explanation, honestly, I don't engage in conversations about it. I'll just mm-hmm. tell you, uh, how is that? You have, I will say he's fine, finish. You hardly can drag me to pay more. Mm-hmm. But right. I would be a bit more um, vocal about it and talking about um, my experiences. But initially, I, I don't I don't allow people to stage me in because at that point, the more I talk about it, the more pain I feel. So, and I right. also felt if you were at that point, if you didn't, if you were not part of the story. Probably were not part mm. of my inner people all along. Mm-hmm. I was trying to involve you in something that is mm-hmm. not on your business. You know? So um, that's how it was for me at that time. But now I'm a bit more vocal. I won't go in depth and I'm not going to tell you the people that have the exact things that happen mm-hmm. at the people in the inner circle. Mm-hmm. But right. the experiences and what the lessons I learned from that are more. Um, vocal about talking about them now right okay okay so to the next question um what are the like top three lessons or mistakes or advice you would give somebody at the i think this is the final question i have as regards um like the decision divorce part like what what lessons would you give somebody at that phase right now or mistakes that you made that you feel like you could have done better if you were to just advise somebody at that decision at that divorce stage, what would you say to the person? Three things, um, Dr. Amala. Okay, uh, mistakes I made at that phase. Um, I think you, the fact that on my own I didn't know myself enough before okay. I I got married, so. Um, self-awareness typically um, would help. Like Tosin mentioned, uh, um, you know, these people go for people who are not very assertive, who don't know how to draw healthy boundaries. Right. You need to know yourself enough, value yourself enough before you start marrying anybody. And I think the first step towards avoiding a divorce is choosing rightly. You need to be sure... You can't choose rightly until you've known yourself. It is when you right. know yourself and understand your core values and your purpose that you can actually choose properly. And then you can't change it. Someone's bad behavior, you know. You can't change an right. You need to come to a point where you understand. You cannot change this person. The only person you can change is yourself. You know, so... Um, and then uh, the, the other thing is there are people that you owe explanations. You don't owe explanations to so many other people. So don't make your decisions based on what those other people would think because they don't matter. They don't matter. They don't. So a lot of times we're thinking of what the church will say I don't. I'm not even sure that after the initial one or two months, anybody in the church has come to ask me anything. I'm not even sure. 
you will find out that really in the scheme of things, right. a lot of people are worried about, they don't matter. So you need to think of yourself and think of what is in the best interest of your children. And um, don't be oh, what scandal, what everything. People are busy, people move. So mm. you can't continue in a rut because you're thinking of um, Insta blog will carry it or scandal or something, you know. Don't continue staying in a rut because of that. Make up right. your mind. Be, make make sure you're making the right decision for yourself and for your children. And then do right. what you have to do. Right. Do what you have to do. Yes. Don't stay too long in a bad situation. Otherwise, yeah. sometimes if you're devalued so much, you may find it more difficult to make anything out of your life. This right. abuse can actually knock you down and leave you totally on the floor for the rest of your life. Yeah. It takes a lot of resilience to come back up. So don't right. stay too long. Don't stay too long in a rut. <laughs> you, you said so many, so many, so many profound things. But that one about the earlier, the earlier you get out, the, the better chances of you making something, yeah, very profound. And the fact that like, you can't change anyone. Yeah. And that thing yeah. that you said, Dr. Mama, I feel like that's also part of maybe the reason why when we got, I'm taking it back to this whole church church and with expectations from church. I think it's also because there's this aspect now. I feel like there's that part of them where they feel like you can, they can change the person. Like they can, you know, there's a time that people be talking about maybe therapy or them enrolling in something or looking, getting a psychiatrist or something, something or whatever. And they are talking about how the Holy Spirit can do it and all of that. These are realities. This thing we said, maybe remember that they are actually realities. And it is, it is also the part of like, church understanding that as much as we know that there's the power of God and everything, we are not we are not the ones that change human beings. You don't change a human being. And it's also that part of to let our ego down. Like allow God transform a life the way he wants to transform the life. Like let's stop trying to box God into or oh, it has to be in a particular spiritual realm or it has to be in a particular way before the person is transformed or changed it doesn't the miracle does not have to be linked to you or do you understand it can be God can decide to use whatever method that he chooses to use God is still God and it doesn't have to be boxed it's, um, it's true um, Tosin, how about you I think, um, first thing first thing is to um, be led by be led by the Holy Spirit when choosing. Because I mean, if you are, once you are led by the Holy Spirit, there's He will reveal so many things, even the things that are hidden. In my own case, in my own case, there was no way I would have seen it coming. I didn't. There were no signs while we were dating. There were no signs at all. So uh, I, I and at that time really I wasn't so spiritually I wasn't so strong spiritually at the time. So I mean even if even if I was getting nudging, I won't have <laughs> I won't have been able to you know. But um, but that's number one for me. Be, let, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, and it comes from a place of you um, being spiritually connected to God. Number one. Number two is um, 
know how to set healthy boundaries. So even when the abuse started, I I wasn't firm enough to say, oh no, this yeah, I do not like this. This is stop. So learn to set healthy boundaries. I I know that for empaths, because usually these abusers they choose they usually will choose an empath. They select empath. For empath, it's very difficult for us to 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 set boundaries, healthy boundaries. We are always wanting to think for the other person. We always wanting to give excuses for the other person. But really, there are people who are actually like playing evil out there. So set healthy boundaries. If you are not okay with with the way you are being treated, let the other person know and stand by it. And um, and as much they will try, abusers will keep trying to keep they will keep trying to push your boundaries as they keep trying, keep pushing them back until by the time they realize that, okay, this one, we cannot push any further. They would actually be the ones to step back on their own. So, um, we, then um, what else? What else? And then, yeah, oh yeah, pick the lessons. Yes, it has happened. You know, it's not the end of the world. Pick, pick the lessons from the experiences, learn from it, and, um, and and of course use it to help the next person who is also going through the same thing or use it to help the next person from going to the next from going through the same thing. I think um basically that's okay. okay. Let's let's move to the um like the divorce recovery, like listeners if you're following basically i'm running the questions through from like making the decision to divorce and now like after divorce so the next question i actually have here is about like what your emotions were after the divorce or even like at the tail end of the divorce when things were getting penalized and everything did you have to deal with like maybe anger forgiveness and all of that maybe anger towards God. How did you gradually heal from you know these emotions and what support did you take? Or what did you or what did you cope? Let me start with um, the formal. Okay, um I guess it's a mix of emotions. Some days it's anger, some days it's it's bitterness. Um, I had to intentionally work on forgiveness because that's what basically just think of it. Like for someone that I meet that married really early, sometimes I look at it, I'm like half my life. Like this, I said it's a mixture of emotions. The anger, sometimes it's bitterness, sometimes it's just it's just plain kind of hopelessness, you know. I struggled mm-hmm. at those emotions, you know, but I had to, first of all, the healing journey starts with forgiveness. And that forgiveness part can be really difficult, but it's something you have to do. Um, mm-hmm. Therapy helped me. I had okay. to do a lot of, yeah, I had to do, I had like two or three, I had like three different um, therapists that I worked at different times, you know, before I could, you know, I mean, just having someone to speak to, to unburden, made a lot of difference. And um, part of my recovery process, I, there was a time that 
you know, God gave me a word that I needed to transform myself by the renewal of my mind. You right. Know, scripture in um, Romans. So I uplifting my mindset, affirming myself, removing right. the limiting and the negative beliefs that I had, you know, mm -hmm. and start, yeah, and start seeing myself as God sees me. And right. by the time I kept doing that work on my mind, I saw myself changing because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So by the time you change the way you think, the right. people's perspective will also change because you're giving out mm. a vibe, you right. know. So yeah, over time, before I knew what was happening, like you don't see me and associate me with that kind of. You don't. See, I don't. I don't even feel stigmatized because you you don't even see me and you're mm -hmm. thinking ah, this divorce. No shame. There's no. My head is not bowed anymore, you know. So I, yeah. I you know, so I walked through all that. That's that's um, the all those emotions. But today, it's a stronger person. It's a. I I I I, I sometimes I jokingly say I'm an upgraded software, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm a better. I'm a better person. I'm. I'm showing up in progress, but I'm consistently showing up as a better version of who I was. You right. know? So it's a lot of work, a lot of reading, a lot of listening to there's this guy on YouTube, like I can't rave about him enough. Um RC Blakes, like I listen to him, I change on his videos. He has he he can elevate your mindset as a woman so much that in fact you begin to walk with a spring in your steps. <laughs> and the way I see myself now, in fact, my own atarudo is too much now. As in, too much. <laughs> I love because the way I see myself has changed, and it shows. It shows, you know. So, yeah. So therapies with the word of God, listening to things that lift up my spirit, man, all that has helped. So good. So, so good. Okay, how about this thing? Um, okay, for me, uh, anger. <laughs> anger was there. Yes, I was angry. But mm -hmm. because I'm actually, I'm a very forgiving person. Right. I forgive easily. Mm -hmm. So uh, all of that anger that I had towards my ex, you know, it dissipated after a while. But one thing that was still long, that was still um that was still dangling was forgiveness. That's forgiving my own self. <laughs> forgiveness right. was so hard. Because I it was I every time I would just sit down and just think how can you hey God how can you see that allow such a woman being treated you like this? I mean, I mean, you did not fight back. You did not do anything. Trust me, you are learning. You are learning that you are not. I know it was. It was. It took a while. It took a while for me to get to that point of actually forgiving myself. And what and what helped? What helped was then, um, you know, as I 
also bringing coming back to the fact that all of all of all of these experiences were for a purpose. So right. I mean, God wouldn't have allowed it if you know He wasn't going to bring out something from me. And now I see it. I see it. the picture is clearer. Purpose is getting clearer. Clarity of purpose. I see. It. So it's, um, forgiveness became much easier. Forgiveness became much easier. That forgiving my own self became much easier to do. And um, um, but again, then uh, yes, yeah, yeah, I see. Of course, my self-esteem level has gone, you know, has skyrocketed. Coming from a place of knowing who I am, who I am in Christ, um, and that is why um, I that is why there's, there's no amount of stigma or shame. <laughs> I do not say that person that can shame me because they. Um, I've not seen that person. It cannot happen. You know, and that's, that's, that's because I know who I am. I know how God sees me. I know how, you know, it doesn't matter whether I'm divorced or whether I'm. It doesn't really matter. God still loves me. Um, yeah, so, basically, yeah. it's, it's, it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm listening. It's a journey. It's been a journey, but I mean, it's, it's worth it looking at the kind of impact that. I've been able to, through God's help, you know, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. The kind of the amount of people that we've been able to help to liberate, it's worth it. Yeah. I know this is something when you said like this thing about like you know there's the purpose and everything, and I know that in our conversation we said so much about like almost as if like it must have been that you made a mistake, but I actually also want to speak to people out there who genuinely genuinely do not make a mistake you know it's the same way like when there's a prophecy or something and the word was not wrong it wasn't like the word was not true but sometimes it's not all prophecies that come to pass because there's still be part of man and the yeah. things you need to do do you understand yeah. and i think yeah. like there are people who are also struggling with that guilt of or that shame of did they make a wrong decision? You probably, there are some people that, it wasn't that you made a wrong decision. It wasn't as if you weren't matured enough that made decision. It wasn't as if you weren't spirit-filled enough. But it just happened because that's what the devil does. And then because human beings still have a role. And because yeah. marriage is about two people, it's not just about you alone. It's also about another human being and it's I just want to put a balance out there, you know, for people that are, because I, I realize that that's also a place of struggle when it comes to divorce. People thinking that, you know, did they make a mistake okay. in your judgment or you doubting like maybe you didn't have discernment or bringing it down. You know, now we almost that we always want to give ourselves reasons why something failed. Sometimes it's not because you, you made an error. It's not because you missed something. Most times there might have been something you missed, but there are people that it's not like you missed anything. But of course, because a man has to make a decision, God will not override your will. Even if God had a purpose for that marriage, okay, maybe this person would want to help you. It still boils down to what will you bring out of it? Yeah, there's a responsibility. So I just wanted to put that out there actually as a balance that, you know, we've given advice about, you know, you knowing yourself, you finding people, you being spiritually inclined. There are people that were spiritually inclined. There are people that mm-hmm. found themselves. 
yeah, you know, and all of that. Yeah. And this always yeah. if we talk about like maybe sickness and all those things, there are people that are serving God and doing all that stuff, but stuff still happens yes, anyway. Yes, yes. So it's okay for you to forgive yourself as well, realizing that it was not your yes. fault. Yes, yes. and I think that we need to put that out as well. That it's not yes. all of your fault that maybe you missed something. Sometimes you don't have to you don't have to pin it yeah. to something. I missed something, yes. is the reason why you mm. so it's okay for people to forgive themselves for that. Okay, next question. Let's talk. I think you said something about it already. The next question was basically about your state of heart and how it affected your identity and everything. I think you've been able to delve into that for me, so I'll just skip that. Um, so next is, is any one of you still in, well, I think I heard some bit of it from someone about being in the kind of relationship with abuse now with your ex-husband. Do you still speak or have you cut them off completely? Have you been able to build any cordial relationship with them? What exactly is the state of that vibe at the moment, especially since both of you have like connection, like the kids are still connecting you guys together. So how has that relationship been? Um, okay, for me, uh, our, our divorce was just final February this year. February this year, and um, before then, we were not we were not communicating. He wasn't calling. He wasn't um, picking bills. Right. But by when um when we got the court judgment, and mm-hmm. um of course he had to start picking bills. That's it. That's that's what he was waiting for for the court judgment when he could start picking bills. And so we communicate, even though I see that that when we started when we were about to start communicating, he wanted to come up being defensive. And I'm like, you can't continue like this. So we have kids together. <laughs> You will, you will relate because we have kids together. We will give each other respect, as in our respect, mutual respect. So mm. we will relate, even if it's email, yes, I will send you a mail. If we um, okay, this is when you need to pay school fees. This is when you need to pay. I'll send you the bill. Just right. communicate normal communication. That's how we communicate. So it's not as if there's any some cordial relationship. We don't make phone calls. Call each other, task. No, it's emails. <laughs> we just do it. <laughs> if there was cordial, we break up now. No, some people are cordial. Even with their, their, with an abuse, it's difficult to. Let me talk in that state. What I mean is that only, only with them. I'm not saying that people can build cordial relationship outside of um um divorce. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That for you to be able to build cordial relationships, especially if you have kids together. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that when I was just talking about the fact that well, only there's a reason to there's a way you're about to say this, whatever goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um he does he call he calls calls the children just maybe on their birthday, that's all. Just calls my son on his birthday. After that, that was the end you know. He has barred my line too. 
Um, as we do Nigerian court and everything, because that there was yeah. actually a question we need to ask you people, I think I skipped it, but I think okay. we don't ask that question here. When it comes to the Nigerian system and the old divorce thing, is there the allocation where they put like responsibility what each person should do or the um what they call this thing now, your compensation? Mm. Does it exist in Nigerian system? Yeah, well it's called um Maintenance, child maintenance, child maintenance. That's as regards maintenance, and as regards um, custody, there's full custody, there's access, there's limited access. So it depends. So in my own case, in my own case, because mm. we are dealing with a special human being, I was granted full custody till wow. the kids are. <laughs> Mature. In fact, the court, the judge did not even put a time frame. Just gave him full custody, <laughs> and then he gave him um, supervised access. <laughs> she gave him supervised access, and I, 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 well, because he showed himself in court. That's why she did that. That's what she see, was, That's what I actually wanted to say. you are, Kim. So because she put it in her judgment because of your behavior in during the court process, the children are not safe with you. I do not believe that the children are safe with you. And I do not believe that if, if I give you custody of the children, you will not use it to revenge against your wife. Therefore, <laughs> my judgment says that your wife will have full custody of the children. She did not even give a time frame. Full custody Jesus of the children. And you we have... have uh, right now in the name of Jesus for you. So many women out there in the world. Father God, we are praying for this moment in time. Hi, Dr. Amala and Tosme. I'm praying for several women who need judges like this. Jesus arrives. <laughs> So, so that that alone actually pained him. So I don't know, but he's been forthcoming with the abuse. I know he wanted to start. He wanted to start doing some. You know that these people, you you know how to. You also have to know how to manage them. Right. Wanted yeah. to start. They wanted to start uh, bringing some kind of drama, like um, the school, um, the monthly maintenance. Instead of paying it at the beginning of the month, we will pay it at the end of the month. And I said to me, I mean, you don't pay maintenance when the children are finished eating now. You pay it at the beginning of the month so that we need to buy food stuff for them. You know, when he saw that, uh, I say, this, girl, this is not the person of before. He said, oh. basically, that's how we communicate formally, emails for now. Okay. Mm, emails. So that's, how, that's how the level of our communication. Okay. How about the phone? Yeah, for me, still, it's emails. We don't call. We don't. Uh, we don't talk on phone. He doesn't call. So it's emails, sure. Okay. okay. Then, was there somebody that advised both of you about this email thing? <laughs> Tell us. Uh, uh, oh, I don't. Just the best. Avoid drama. Yes, really. He chose it because. Um, for me, I, I I would have preferred maybe sending messages, but he said he wants mm. email, and I think I agree with him actually. 
it just it just avoids a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. And you you can have proof there's fifth anything anything there's proofs there emails never lie. Exactly, exactly. And it's mm-hmm. always there's no trail, so mm-hmm. you can use it as evidence if so emails exactly. are fine. Okay. So um next question is what's your position about remarrying, dating again? Do you think that you've gotten to that place yet? You know, are you love ready? <laughs> you know, let me see Dr. Amala. Okay. Uh, yeah, I look forward to marrying again. Um the dating part <laughs> dating part can be scary, right? Right. It can be really scary. So because right now you're not just looking for someone that to love you, you're looking for someone that will love your children. Exactly. And yeah, so that that's a big deal. Yeah, I'm trusting God to be married again. Um right. and being a family and love is a beautiful thing, regardless of the experiences I've had. So yes, I've actually so. just time to work on myself, heal. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm going to dating again, but then um, dating again is also kind of scary, you know. So, mm-hmm. so I, you know, you know how you do, most people now do maybe all that. I don't even have to give up for mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You just look <laughs> at someone. This one should not come and kidnap you, you know. Um, so it's it's something I'm doing with a lot of caution, you know. I meet people, but then right now you're not just looking for husband, you're looking for husband, you're looking for father, father. you're looking to mentor your children, provide leadership, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's he's stepping into a huge role. And mm-hmm. if he also has children, you are also mm-hmm. stepping into a huge role. So it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I'm just concentrating on um, building good friendships, and um, because whatever you're, I'm doing, I have to give it time. This one is not there. I want to marry you. you want to marry me? Exactly. Well, no, because I'm not under pressure. No I'm rush. not. There's no rush. Right. There's no. Rush. Yes, I'm open to dating again. I'm open to marrying again, but this time around, I'm I'm going with four eyes. Not even yeah. two again. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. That's it for me. Mm-hmm. All right, that was interesting. Yeah, I think for me it's in position. I'm a lover of love, so yes, yeah, so so yes, so I'm open to mine again. Dating again, yes. Even though I say I'm open to dating again, I don't know. Sometimes I just look at some people and I'm like, hey, God, God help me. I'm open to it, but... No, say, say, say that thing you want to say, because I think I know what you want to say. Basically, you want to say, you know, you know that kind of thing. And then, I think, I, I think I, because, because I... <laughs> I don't. I don't think I want to have more children. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. I. I would prefer a. I would prefer a widower. Right. A widower. Yes. 
Now, even the widow herself, I'm a very question who ask a lot of questions, who do a lot of investigation. What happened? Why is it? What happened? Why did your wife die? You know, it's a lot of. You know, you know, you know, of that. It's not my reason for you. Just as you are saying that, you have a lot of questions. And I, I just want to ask that question and see what you guys think. Like this whole, where people say, you know, ask questions, ask questions. And I always, I, I don't know, I feel like, see, you can ask questions this tonight, the next year. The person that is narcissistic will be narcissistic and you will not know. Mm. You will know. I'm not saying so that. The question, so the, the question you're asking, you're not asking, you're not asking the person. You're going to be asked, investigating for people around him, his friends. See, even even it means for you to go through social media. <laughs> I got to go through friends with the ex-wife. You're in context for people. Exactly. Thank God I asked the question. Yeah. Because the way people hear it is, you know, you're made, there's all the questions in the world you will have asked. No, not Timo, not Timo. You ask investigation. The people that he, that he will not even be aware that you're asking them questions. That is proper investigation. Proper investigation. I, 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 get, you. I get you. I actually get you. And I also think that I feel like beyond the question, let's not lie to ourselves. You can't know. Like, there are things that you would never know. Until mm. when you live, it's just like even normal friendship. You think that you know this friend so well until when you people move in together and you're like, oh wow, oh, are you people a deep core friend? Mm. Yeah? Nothing, nothing is eating between you people. But you will not this guy, what the heck? When it's like the new girl, I'm Dr. Amala, we're sorry that we're putting this on your robot. Which angle is this one again? From where? Yeah, at the end of the day, we have put a conclusion that just let Jesus, like, which, <laughs> let Jesus just let you because it's just, yeah, even, the Bible so, says, that's it. even the Bible says that it's only the fruit of a man that knows that it's only the thing. Yes, it would like touch, send put touch like this to the soul of a human being and, mm. and, it and dissect and it and cut it and open it. It's it only the not the Yes. Mm. For me, oh. <laughs> for me, I think that time reveals a lot of things. And that's mm -hmm. why I said yeah. I'm not yes. most, most people you. come to me and say, um I want I am looking at getting married. Immediately more once they say that I freeze, I'm not even ready. You oh, know, no, because that was easy. Mm -hmm. Time, time reveals a lot of things. A lot of things. Time, by the time you, <laughs> I'm build friendship. A lot mm -hmm. of things would have started. Yeah. A lot of things would, would show up. You know, by yeah. the time you, yeah. you're talking with this person a lot, you begin to understand person's mindset. So, mm. if you're also praying and you're also sensitive. There are some things that this person may do that may not, some people may not see it as big, but you know, because you're, you're praying along as this thing is going on, right. it not to deeper things, to be able to see deeper yeah. things. Yeah. For, for us, time, giving a relationship time, 
keeping the communication lines open okay. as in you must, you must be able to do anything and everything with this person because yeah. it's from those conversations that the person begins to show himself or herself you know so uh, yeah i think okay or the set time they said <laughs> the set time my question Well, mm, I will not say this okay. Don't be asking. No, no. Time question. Allow, allow the speed. Yeah, that's just the idea. Time question. And and vulnerability. You yourself have to be vulnerable. And yeah. also the other. If you notice that this person is not being vulnerable, you're always mm. brick walls. Since when you try yeah, to. Yeah, holding. ミーティングポザトンイツオンイズエレッドフラッグ。ミーティングポザトンイツオンイズエレッドフラッグ。ミーティングポザトンイツオンイズエレッドフラッグ。ミーティングポザトンイツオンイズエレッドフラッグ。
to the two of you and two different questions. And I'll just play two scenarios. So the first one is, um, I'm going to ask Tosin, what advice would you give for somebody that is at the point where they may be literally checked out and it's been like that for like five years or six years and everything, what advice would you give to someone like that? Is it really checked out? Um, I would say, because I always like, especially if there's no, there's no form of abuse involved, whether emotional or whatever. Um, you give room for some form of um, counseling, right? I don't. Yes, you give room for some form of counseling, and if that doesn't work, ah, if that doesn't work, then. <laughs> I don't want to stay outside divorce, but I mean, uh, give them, I'm sure counseling. If you if you get if you if you work with they work if they are willing, if both parties are actually also willing to work yeah. this out. Yeah, I'm then, so glad. I'm sure I'm so glad yeah. that your first answer was that because you know I realized that many people feel like oh, maybe because this particular person has made the decision of divorce that they are such mm -hmm. a bad example. The, the only mm -hmm. thing that you know. You know, there's that. There's also that stigma yeah. of people yeah. feel like oh, yeah. if you're a divorced woman, they don't want her. They want to be around their yeah. wives because you'll be giving mm. them, you know. But I realize that mm. if you heal, if you allow yourself to heal properly, you you don't have to. You're not bitter. You're not a bitter divorcee. Do you understand? Mm. <laughs> you you are mm. not the like, you're not the one encouraging anybody to get out of their marriages. You get out of their marriages. Guide people to make you know um, reasonable spiritual decisions for their life, and I'm so glad that you actually your answer to that was actually counseling and not like saying oh just get out. I'm so glad mm. because okay, so Dr. Amala, mm. the question I have for you. <laughs> Let me look for it from the depth of my soul. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> Let me look for it from the depth of my soul. Yes, I think yes. Yeah, I have a question. <laughs> so the question, the question goes to so, so for a woman that um um in a family where there is um serious serious abuse and you know the children are getting exposed to you know all of that all the abuse and everything what advice can you give to a woman that is still struggling to get out and like what what what, what the explain to them what it means when a child is in that situation and the effect it can have on a child because i realized that most times it's only the other side we are looking at the one of mm. how to survive but i need us to like talk a bit about that part, that exposure of the kids to these things, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, can I get the question is perfect. <laughs> yeah, we know. So actually, one of the reasons we have an abusive situation is because of children learn first of all from what they see. And right. even if physical abuse, in my own case, there was no physical abuse. Right. A lot of emotional children still feel the energy around the home. Right. And that's 
without anybody beating anybody, they just come in and they know that there's a lot of tension here. Mm. Um, it also plays out in the life of the children because um, you trace for most use other people if you trace it that's how they were raised yeah right abuse is a repetition of family dysfunction so i i for one i believe that some of these things is uh, ancestral uh, causes or this kind of things are not mm. ancestral they're not handed down from parents to yes. these, these people have grown up to see their parents treating like, like thrash and they grow up thinking that that is how people should be treated. Mm-hmm. Right. One of the your children out of that environment is that you need to send a clear message to your children that this is not the way to treat another human. Right. You know, and, and you also, you're also sending a message to them that you should not accept this kind of treatment yeah. from anybody. Treatment. No, yes, you shouldn't. So when you're making that decision, you're not just making it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're making it for your children. So in fact, part of the things I tell myself is that um, I, when I'm this, I stand in the mirror and I'm speaking to myself, I tell myself, and I'm, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a woman that chose to break a cycle of dysfunction. Those are things yeah. that that I right. chose to bring of dysfunction. I mean, I thought about it. I said, in the next 20, 30 years, do I want somebody's child to come and be crying to me that see what this person mm. is doing to me? Mm. Just, mm. I, I made up my mind that I needed to end that pattern. It affects children. They see. Yes. They see. Yes. Can't hide it from them for too long. Right. Yes. If I say a woman that is in that kind of situation, that if you don't want this pattern to be repeated in the lives of your children, sure. then you need to do something about it now. And doing something about it doesn't start with let's go and divorce. You right, must have sought yeah. you must have sought professional help. You must have sought counseling, mm-hmm. therapy. Right. Yeah. Divorce at the mm-hmm. end of it all when all else yeah. has over. Yeah. Um, that's that's my counsel for women in that kind of or even for men because men are also abused. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Men are also abused. So it's a two-way thing. Much. I'm so grateful, Dr. Amala. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for joining. You're welcome. I'm very, very good. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking. I don't know if you want to just quickly talk about like what you do with um, Adesta if you want to share okay. Mm-hmm. okay so um foundation was born out of the fact that i i saw the the lacuna in the fact that some so some victims of abuse you know lack that kind of support i saw how it helped me i had a lot of massive support and it helped me really as in to stabilize. So what support is key. It's key and that's what we do at Hadassah Support Foundation. We provide all round support, um, legal support, spiritual support, financial, um, emotional support. 
to victims and survivors of domestic violence. We also, I also run a support group. We are on WhatsApp, so we, we are on WhatsApp, but we also meet um, physically, regularly, in Lagos, Abuja, Port Harcourt. Lagos, Abuja, Port Harcourt. Yes, those are the major. Those are the major places we have our members. And um, on the support group, we, I mean, we are growing. We have over 140 women on the group and mm-hmm. the mix of survivors and victims of domestic violence. And uh, basically, I, I will not go out. Uh, in fact, no survivor, if you ask, no survivor of domestic violence and a survivor, somebody who, has, who is a survivor who has healed will tell you that they will never tell a victim of abuse to leave an abusive situation because you can't tell the, the victim has to get to that point herself if you tell her yes. to leave if you force her to leave she will go back right? yes. go back because she has not gotten to that point herself so the point of the support group is to so we have um days where we share survival stories um, mm-hmm. yeah we share experiences so victims are there and they are listening you know they are you know they are listening to experiences they are listening to and the way it yeah. is the dynamic the way the dynamics is the it's the same it's, like i always say a victim of domestic violence in nigeria is suffering the same thing as somebody in india or japan or in the right. us it's the same dynamics it's the same right. dynamic. So you hear you you hear a survivor sharing her story, and a victim is saying, "Ah, are you sure you did not marry the same husband?" <laughs> ah, I also yeah. experienced this. Ah, ah, I also experienced it. The experiences are similar. And by the time the victim victim starts to hear, they start to hear these stories, and then their eyes begin to open to the fact that okay, I'm not the problem here. As in, I can't change this person. This person cannot change. As in, I can't change this person. I can't do the work for this person. He has to be the person has to be the one to do the work himself. I will just keep killing myself by staying here. You know, after we've had cases of of victims of abuse, who have, I think we have about four or five cases of people who have joined the group as victims, and you know, in months down the line, they had left on their own. As in, even without you know, without any any help as in once um, a victim gets to that point you won't even ask you nobody will tell you that you need to leave you are the one that will take the step yourself so basically so that's what we do well done and we like, do. i like the fact that it's almost as if you are literally changing the hand of power of that mind restructure <laughs> like you are not yes, exactly. them yes exactly because it's the same, exactly. it's the same method that the abuser is using that you are now yes using. exactly Power Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye